0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Georgia Dog Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it did. Joe Cox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Truth. Snap to Young, drops back, pressure from the edges, he throws near sideline, and it's intercepted, intercepted, Keeley Ringo at the 21, off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, near sideline, breaks a tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Good evening neighborhood, how about them dogs? 32-18, let the celebration begin. All right, ready in three, two, one. Hi, <laughs> hey, what's going on? It's the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Uh, joining me, hopefully, a little bit later. Uh, he he had a late nineties. He had a, a middle school baseball game. It uh, looks like Israel's going to be coaching just about everything. Uh, so in order to uh, in order to give you the promise, keep the promise of giving you content every each and every each and every day. Uh, I'm going to fly solo tonight. I'll give you a little quick little episode here uh, on a couple of topics uh, that that I've been kind of uh, seeing on social media, things like that. So, uh, but hopefully Israel will join me here pretty soon. Uh, but this is the Believe at Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. I'm Corey Burton, and um, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, man. It's it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be an action packed season, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of storylines with this Georgia team. There's a lot of things going on, and we'll get into all of that. I mean, you know, you've got a loaded roster. Uh, number two recruiting class, Deuce Robinson's out there on the hook. Uh, the baseball team is going to be—I uh, I think they're—they're they're poised to to try to make some uh, headway in in the in, in the conference. Uh, the basketball team is slowly improving, but uh, but there is an improvement. And uh, you know Kirby's just doing his thing. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about a few things that are uh, that are out there in the news. But first, uh, we are presented by Bet Online. It remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL, Super Bowl's coming up. We'll talk some prop bets there. Uh, bowl season and eSports. So you'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. So Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. So we're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use that promo code believe to receive your rewards. Bet online—it's where the game starts. So, um, some scheduling. We'll start with the scheduling stuff because uh, there's been some uh, there's been some things in the news where uh, Oklahoma and Texas were supposed to join the conference next year. Uh, instead, it looks like Fox is going to want some of their money back, uh, and and there's some there's some controversy there, uh, but it has it has undoubtedly affected it has undoubtedly affected Georgia's scheduling. Over you know Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma in a non conference game this season. That's why Georgia rescheduled with Ball State because it ended up. Uh, it ended up being uh, – was going to be a conference game, and they weren't going to have that return trip to Athens, so they had to cancel the Oklahoma game. Well, when Oklahoma decided to join the SEC, Georgia couldn't find another Power 5 opponent to, to put back in that spot. So the only person that was available was, was was Ball State. So that's why you have a Ball State UT Martin open to the season was because Georgia was supposed to take a trip out to Norman, and that didn't happen. Um, So uh, they're going to join in 2025 now, uh, it it appears. So, um, again, not ideal, um, but a lot of it comes down to money. And a lot of it comes down to... The Big 12 wants their money. Fox wants their money. It, it all comes down to broadcast rights and stuff like that. So, um, it, a, a lot, a lot of things around the conference, a lot of storylines around the conference with this that are that are affected. Um, there, there's some stories about uh, Tennessee and, and Texas uh, potentially playing, and Arch Manning never playing in, in Knoxville. Which, I mean, with the Texas, I mean, you know, what if they? What if that? What if it gets pushed back another year? Right. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. Um, but the talks are stalled. Um, and, uh, they'll come to an agreement, television partners, things like that would leave earlier. Um, but I, I think what it, what it's going to, uh, what it's going to come down to is exchanging games, uh, compensation, uh, for leaving the conference and going to another TV deal because Fox has the big 12. I think, CBS is now going to have the Big Ten, and ESPN is, ABC is going to have the SEC. So, um, but negotiations have fizzled out so far. Uh, they're not dead. There's still a chance, um, and there's still a chance that this uh, SEC scheduling conflict would would end up working out. And I think it's going to go to a nine game conference schedule where you have six uh, regular opponents, and no, you have three regular opponents and six rotators to where I think you can play everyone every other year. So the fact that Georgia still has not played at Texas AM to me is ridiculous. The fact that Georgia has not visited college station. The fact that there's schools that have not the fact that Texas AM has not visited every they've been in the league since 2012. They haven't visited every uh every conference place. And they haven't hosted every conference team. So it, I, yeah, that's going to change, hopefully. So, um, also, what you're looking at um, with this is again, it's TV. It's all TV and it's all money. So, eventually, something will get done. Uh, ESPN and Fox will strike a deal as, as they always do. Um, and, you know, right now, the SEC has a schedule. Without Texas and Oklahoma. Big twelve has released its schedule now without uh that includes Texas and Oklahoma. So they've been operating as as normal. So uh so stay tuned to this story. Uh this will be an interesting story. Uh they'll get it all sorted out. Georgia from 2024 on has really great conference out of conference opponents. I think they get UCLA in 2024. I'm gonna look that up here in just a second. Uh, they get, uh, but they have. Uh, I think they have Clemson on the docket. I think Ohio State's on the docket. Uh, adding Oklahoma to the conference would be uh, would be awesome. So lots of good, lots of good opponents down down the line. Uh, very very exciting. So um, yeah, they get Clemson actually in twenty twenty four. Uh, they go Clemson, Tennessee Tech. And Georgia Tech right now, and then they're at Texas A&M next year, so that's exciting. Finally, right, finally we get to visit uh, visit uh, the the land of the Aggies. So in 2025, it's UCLA. So the non-conference is UCLA, Austin P, Charlotte, and Georgia Tech. That's your 2025 schedule. 2026. Uh, it's a return trip for UCLA, so 2025 is out to California. 2026, the Bruins come to Athens. We also get Louisville that year, so that's interesting now. So you get you get a Louisville team that just hired Brian Brom. So they're hoping he's going to be there for a while. That should be an exciting game in 2026, not to mention probably play Texas or Oklahoma that year as well uh, in conference, play W. Play Western Kentucky and Georgia Tech. Probably going to have to drop one of those games. Probably drop Western Kentucky, maybe. So, but UCLA and Louisville. So a Pac-12 and an ACC team there. So that's an exciting out of conference. Then in 2027, we welcome the Knowles, and then Louisville has a return trip to uh, to Sanford Stadium. So you get you're at Dope Campbell Stadium Labor Day weekend. That should be a classic. Mike Norvell's got Florida State rolling, um, and and you got Georgia Tech as well. Uh, and then all the way out to 2028, going to have to reschedule that Texas game. Um, but you got Florida State that same year. Probably, uh, probably will look to find somebody. Once Texas officially joins, they'll probably can't. They'll probably end up canceling that game. Uh, 2029, uh, I got Clemson and Texas and Georgia Tech so far. Uh, they haven't gotten their mid-major schedules lined up yet. And all the way out in 2030. Uh, you got Ohio State, so Ohio State. If you don't ever meet up with us in the playoff, we gotta wait till 2030 to get that to get that rematch to get that rematch. Or maybe Urban Meyer will be back. Maybe Ryan Day will still be there. Uh, maybe Ryan Day will be in the NFL. Who knows? Um, but uh, that's when Ohio State gets its first regular season matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs, and that's uh, on September 14th in 2030. Pretty crazy, huh? So. Uh, a little bit of scheduling drama, uh, mostly mostly TV stuff, but a little bit of scheduling drama there. It'll all work itself out, I'm, I'm sure. Um, hopefully, Texas and Oklahoma can join the conference next year instead of in two years. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. But stay tuned to that story. That's, a, that's an ever-developing story um, from the conference. Now, some other things happening, right? So Alabama hired Kevin Steele today as their defensive coordinator. Why is that good? Because they didn't hire Glenn Schumann. Glenn Schumann was was the other candidate for that Alabama defensive coordinator job. Now, if you don't know, Glenn Schumann was an assistant at Alabama uh, with uh, with Kirby Smart, Mel Tucker, those guys. So he came over when Kirby got that job at Georgia. So Glenn Schumann remains the Georgia defensive coordinator for now. However, uh, he has emerged as a Uh, highly sought-after candidate for the Miami defensive coordinator job, right? And he's in that, I think, with Jim Leonard. I think those were the two names that I saw that were were in line for that. So the question is, would he be interested? And I I, I don't think so. Money talks, of course. I don't think he... I, I just don't. I just don't see it because if you turned down if you turned down Alabama, which is reportedly did, but if he didn't take Alabama, which I, I don't know why they would go with Kevin Steele over Glenn Schumann. Maybe, maybe it's a scheme fit. Maybe maybe Schumann behind the scenes says, "Nah, I'm I'm not going." But it wouldn't make any sense, I don't think, uh, if he did turn it down to be able to say, "Hey, I'm gonna." Hey, Nick Saban. You're the greatest coach of all time, and you have an endless supply of money. And in two years, I get any head coaching job that I want, uh, much like Dan Lanning did at Oregon. I'm going to go down here to Miami where it's not it's not a sure thing that Mario Cristobal is going to be around much longer because if I if I remember correctly, you took a massive L against MTSU. We made jokes about that. So, I don't know. But then again, money talks. So, if they offer him enough money, you know, is he going to turn it down? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I just don't I just don't see not – unless he just didn't get the Alabama job and he really wants to leave Athens. To me, I think that would be crazy. He's got great job security in Athens. He would have had a similar deal in – Alabama if he chose to leave it like if he was going to leave Alabama would have been the destination if in fact he was offered that position which I don't know that he was but um unless he goes to the NFL um, but I I just don't see him going to, to 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 be the Miami Hurricanes there's just no upside of that because you can get fired in a year if things don't go right and some of that stuff is out of your control like you can't control the offense not being able to put points on the board like they just fired their offensive coordinator Josh Gattis who almost who almost took the entire ship down with him so who knows but i saw that and i was like what would he really would he really go i was like oh, okay all right well if he does um yeah whatever man so I, I saw that, but I, I'm, I'm not overly worried about that. I, I think he, I think he knows that, Hey, um, I'm, I'm in a great situation. You know, will Muschamp's not going to be around here forever. And I have a chance to keep learning and keep developing. I have a chance for three Pete, honestly, and I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. So again, uh, the, uh, the the update on Todd Munkin, that's the one we got to look at. So Todd Munkin is interviewed in several places. Uh, he was flirting with the Jets there. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens and the uh, and the and the Tampa Bay Bucks, he's had two interviews with both clubs. Now, it seemed like when when Munkin took this job three years ago, he wanted to be three years and then back in the NFL because he had, a, it was a disaster in Cleveland disaster under Freddie Kitchens. And, and a lot of that wasn't under his control. He didn't, he didn't call the plays there. Uh, I don't know what he did, um, but it was such a mess of an organization, the way it was run. I, I, I don't know that he knew what, what was expected of him, but uh, you know, there's some considerations going on. I, I think some of these clubs are waiting until after the super bowl because uh guys like mike kafka and you know some of the some of the other assistants are waiting in the wings to get interviewed for these offensive coordinator spots so um but uh I you know it's not surprising i think kirby knew this all along i think kirby knew that hey i i've got a guy that wants to get back to the nfl and he's going to work like mad to get back to the nfl and that's okay um because you should have these kind of ambitions. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier, and he's like, "Dude, are you, you know, are, you know, are you worried about replacing a coordinator? Are you worried about getting into a a a space where you're constantly replacing coordinators?" And I told him, I was like, "Look, man, it just comes with territory, man. Like, if you're a good leader, you want your guys." to go upward mobility, which I know it seems like it's lateral because it's offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator, but let's be honest, you're going from college to the NFL. It's an upgrade, right? I mean the NFL is the best of the best. And that's where he wants to be. So if you're not supporting that as a leader, you're not a good leader. Like it's not like he's it's not like he's stepping down to go be the offensive coordinator at Wake Forest. Or it's not like he was saying, hey, you know what, Kirby, I, I, I really think I'm gonna give the Miami Hurricanes a shot. I know we just won back-to-back national championships. I, I know I'm the highest paid offensive coordinator right now. Um, and I'm probably gonna be the first three million dollar coordinator. But uh, you know, I think I think North Carolina seems to be a better fit. That doesn't happen because Kirby's gonna make sure that you have everything that you need to be happy. So is he going to go back to the NFL? He's had some interviews, um, but nothing is set in stone. Um, Nothing is set in stone, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with the Ravens. That seems to be the favorite now. So that'd be good. Be good for him. Uh, I think Jim, I think uh, John Harbaugh is a good guy to work for. It seems like he is. He's been there for a while. People seem to be happy. So um, who knows, man, um, Baltimore could use it. I mean, he could, I mean, could you imagine Todd Munkin with, with a guy like Lamar Jackson and what he could do to kind of bolster his, the passing phase of what he does. I think it'd be good if they can keep Lamar, but we're not the uh, believe in Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if we have one of those on our network. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we have every NFL team rec. Uh, I'm sure we have every NFL team represented. So, Um, but who, who would replace Todd Monkin? Um, I mean, Mike Bobo would certainly be a candidate and, and, uh, you know, there's been some talk about him. There's been some people that have kind of hammered that decision a little bit, not really a decision yet, but I think people have seen what, what Mike Bobo has gone through and they just don't want him for whatever reason. Um, now, I, I would hate for us to just automatically give it to him. I don't think that's proper. Uh, I, I don't think that would be a proper use of time. I don't think that would be very wise to do that. Um, you know, I think you need to kick over every rock that you can to find the best fit. But Mike Bubba would certainly be one of the rocks that you kick, and you probably kick repeatedly just to kind of see, hey, do you still have the tread left on your tires from when you left the first time you were actually starting to, you were actually starting to gain a little bit of ground as a head coach at Colorado state. Then he had some health problems, probably should have hung it up for a little while, probably should have taken a break after Colorado state, but he went to South Carolina, then Auburn and then to Georgia and he's had a reduced role at Georgia, which has been great for him off the field. So, who knows, man? Who knows? I uh, I think he's still very bright when it comes to offensive football. I think he's I think he has all a lot of his concepts are great. I think you see a lot of Bobo in Todd Munkin. And you see a lot of Bobo influence with some of the plays that we ran uh during the course of the season. Um and you saw I mean you saw a lot of Buster Faulkner uh influence as well. I mean, I think Todd Munkin did a good job using his staff to be able to do that. But I, I think if you're going to go the Bobo, if you would go the Boba route in this hypothetical situation, which there is no situation because Todd Monkin is still the offensive coordinator. He hadn't left yet, but let's be honest. He's probably going to get one of these offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL. Let's be honest. He's interviewed twice. He, he, he will have interviewed twice now for the Ravens. He's done the same with the bucks. So he's going to get a chance in the NFL and, and, and I'm happy for him. But I think what I'd like to see now is kind of a situation like you have on the defensive side of the ball. You have a Mike Bobo, but you've got a young up-and-comer uh, that needs to kind of train a little bit that will help with the bulk of the game planning, But uh, Bobo called plays, and somebody that's just there learning. So Because Bobo's not going to be able to do this forever. Bobo has health problems. He would be a temporary guy, kind of like Will Muschamp. You know, just a guy to kind of – guide you through the next few years, and eventually Glenn Schumann's going to take this thing over or he's going to leave. Um, and, and eventually you would hope the same for for the other. Now, are you going to name co-coordinators, whatever? I don't know. I, I don't know the route you go. Um, but I do know that there would be a ton of interest in this job should it open up. So Mike Bobo's going to have some competition regardless. Kirby's going to find the best fit. I mean, we've won back-to-back national championships, We've been, he's been highly successful since he's been here. So I trust his judgment as far as hiring coaches. No one's ever going to be a hundred percent on coordinators or even assistants. Nobody's ever going to be a hundred percent. Nick Saban is far from a hundred percent in hiring assistant coaches. Kirby's far from a hundred percent. Mark Richt was far from a hundred percent. Everyone is far from a hundred percent in, in hiring coaches, but, um, uh, you just got to realize sometimes and just bite the bullet and, and realize that, Hey, maybe I made a mistake and Kirby did that on his last one. So, um, but uh, before we switch over to our next topic, uh, you know, you, uh, you can find us on social media at coach Burton 36 at troopstar 28 on Twitter is our personal accounts at believe in dogs um, is uh, all social media platforms. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. So like, I was listening to it on Sirius XM the other day. Uh, Spotify is one of my favorite places to listen to uh, the family of belief shows um, out there. So believe in Badgers, um, right? If you could tell with this, if, if you want a really good big 10 show, go check out, believe in Badgers, uh, believe in Kentucky, believe in Tennessee, uh, believe in Ole Miss football, uh, believe in, believe in Auburn football, uh, you know all the shows that we have on the Believe Family of Networks: Charity Stripe, uh, Smash and Dash, uh, the Joe and Rafi- the the Joe and Rufino Show, Are um, You Serious Sports, uh, Bar Talk with Jenna with uh, with Jenna Duddleston. I mean, there's a lot of great shows on on the on the Believe Network. So you go check any of those out. Like, subscribe. Find us on YouTube. Uh, you can also find me on SEC After Dark. That'll be live on Wednesday night. 8 30 central. So it's a late, late night show and we kind of treat it that way, honestly. Uh, But you can check me out there Uh, during the season of legal motion. I'm also there, but this is the bread and butter right here. Believe in Georgia dogs. Uh, We had a really big week last week and we thank you for that. Let's keep up that momentum. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, download the show, Uh, go back through the archives, download those shows, listen to where we've been and how we've, how we've been on the come up. Right. Things are getting better. We're going to come at you more frequently. So, this is this is a great opportunity for this thing to grow, and for it to start growing in February is incredible. So, by the time we get the football season, hopefully, the goal is to have a thousand subscribers on on YouTube. All right, the goal is to be averaging two hundred downloads per episode. The goal is to average over a thousand views on every episode. So, let's get this thing going, guys. Let's be. I want to be the number one Georgia show out there. And that can't happen without you. And I definitely appreciate you so far. Let's keep it going. So um, last topic, uh, you know, Georgia is getting ready to kick off a a pretty decent week uh, for basketball. We got Ole Miss uh, and then we got Kentucky, who Kentucky, they're good. They haven't been world beaters, but, you know, basketball has been an issue. Israel and I talked about this a little bit last night gotta find some gotta find some things down low but the question is and I don't know if this is something that can be uh that can be talked about over uh just one episode so this will probably be multiple episodes but like how do you fix recruiting right how do you fix recruiting well I'll tell you what when you fix recruiting you have to pack the stack first of all you have to make the environment something that's desirable and that's not just the building space, right? That building is that building. I, I think was uh, a campground for the, uh, for the Confederate or not Confederate for the uh, even earlier than that for the uh, continental army. You know, I think, I, I think that's where they trained is is it Stegman Coliseum. They had gladiator matches at Stegman Coliseum. So um you got to, I mean, they've done a great job of facelifting that building, but they might, I don't know where they're going to put it. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they tear down and maybe they play temporarily in Phillips arena or Gwinnett arena. Maybe they, you know, we're not very good right now. We're not drawing huge crowds. So we could go to Gwinnett arena play while the new arena is being built. Hell, we could play at Ramsey center to be honest with you. But uh, you know, I, I think the atmosphere has got to change, right? And you know, you see a lot of post on message boards, on Twitter, anytime Georgia's playing basketball. I, I think what you've got to have if you're gonna have a great basketball culture is you gotta have a positive fan base. Now, I, I know I know there's not much to be positive about. I get it. I get it. There's not I mean, you, you can't watch Georgia basketball and be too, too excited, right? Because the wins aren't coming. And we're getting th- we've gotten thumped for the last two weeks. And we're probably going to get thumped against Alabama in a couple of weeks. We're probably, you know, Kentucky's going to be a tough game, but luckily it's at home. Uh, LSU's probably going to be a tough game. Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss will be a tough game for us because we're probably about equal talent wise. But you know, I I think as as a fan base, if you're going to recruit, then you got to make Georgia basketball seem like you don't want to miss out, right? Like I think the student section regardless just needs to find ways to get involved in these games and find ways to uplift this basketball program. Like a great student section can account for one win a season. Right now I know this is high school basketball and and the example is kind of like, it's not quite apples to apples, but my high school, our basketball team had no business competing. We we made it to the region final four, a, a 16 team region. And, uh, won games that we should not have won. Why? Because we had great fan support. We didn't have, we, we didn't wow you with talent, but we had a great student section and we really just made it tough on opposing players. Like, why do you think people struggle when they come to Duke? Why do you think people ended up going to Duke? Why do you think Coach K was successful at Duke? He put out a winning product, but he also had support of the students. Like the students, once they got on board, once the fans got on board and made Cameron Indoor a premier place to play. You started seeing recruits pouring in instead of like you get one or two and you get that one magical class that, that turned things around for Duke. There's a whole 30 for 30 on that. But once they kind of got over the hump after that season and you had the Cameron crazies and Shashevskyville and all of that stuff, it started, I mean, you start they had to turn away recruits. You know, they were at a point when coach K was hired they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't win a recruiting battle with North Carolina A and T. You know they 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 would lose recruiting battles to like Division two schools because Duke wasn't very good. And Coach K comes in, changes that all around, and next thing you know, it's like just an NBA factory of, of players, and they're right down the road from North Carolina, and they're competing head to head with the Tar Heels, so. In order, so this is kind of like part two of what Israel and I were talking about last night. If you want to fix Georgia basketball, all right, fans, we can be a part of that. Now, Coach White has to put something out on the on the court that's worthy, right? You can't have enough you can't have seasons like we've had the last few, uh the last three under Mark Fox and the whole Tom Crean era. You can't have seasons like that. Because there's nothing to cheer for, nothing to get excited about. Like you can only fake it so far, so I get that. But we got a new regime. We got a guy that seems to know that the team plays hard on the perimeter. Just hadn't quite gotten that inside talent yet, and that's what we discussed last night. But in order to to take to take the next step, Stegman has got to be a desirable place to play. Recruits have got to say, "I want to play here. I want to play in front of them." And that's what you got to do, and if you want to be successful, that's the ticket. So, um, I'm going to leave you with that uh, on this solo mission here. Uh, So, part two of fixing Georgia basketball, man, we had a it was a successful show. We, uh, man, time flies when you're having fun, right? Um, So we uh, we covered some scheduling issues, like Texas and Oklahoma will not be joining the conference. That's affecting Georgia's schedule because the strength of schedule is very poor. Because of the circumstances where you have to cancel games, um, we took a look at Glenn Schumann's situation, Todd Munkin's situation, and again, fan support for basketball. Let's make it happen. Let's get out there. Let's get let's let's get it done, man. Let's let's go. I want to be I want to be excited about Georgia basketball. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there, but I want to be excited too, and I want to turn on the TV for a home game and see. Opposing players just melting because they're wilting under the pressure of the student section. That's what I want to see. That's what recruits want to see. That's where people want to play. Right. That's why Rup Arena is so good. That's why now Alabama is so good. Auburn is an impossible place to play. Tennessee now, Thompson Bowling Arena, tough environment. So that's the key. But I'm going to leave you there. Um, it is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag. Thank you for listening. We hope you subscribe. We hope you keep listening. Find us wherever you find your podcast. Hit us up on the YouTube channel. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some support. Show us some love. We we want to be the number one show on the, on the Georgia network. So uh, in lieu of Israel Troop, who is uh, – is repriving his role as a baseball manager. Uh, I'm Corey Burton. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll be back here uh, with another episode as we bring you more and more content. That's our goal. Thank you. And of course, go dogs.